We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Paul, um, that was a very fun game to watch yesterday. And I've got like several players I need to to zone in on you with here. Um, But overall, just sort of give me your thoughts about that game yesterday. I, I, I mentioned in sort of my starting of the show here that that Edmonton team is a team with like real Stanley Cup aspirations and not just like they've got the best player in the world and they've got Leon Dreisaitl so they'll get bounced in the first round again but like that's a team from kind of top to bottom that that looks the part and and I thought the Sabres from right from this from right from the get-go thought they controlled play um your overall thoughts on the game yesterday I think they somewhat looked the part uh their goaltending is suspect I think it's it's held up so far, but uh, I, I'm not. I don't think their goaltending is. You know, Mike Smith is injured, and even when Mike Smith's there, right. I'm not sure their goaltending is something that get them through. I don't think uh, you know Duncan T- Duncan Keith is not what he used to be, and he showed it on the one Cousins goal when he basically got baited by Kajula, who used to be a teammate of his. And handed the puck right to him, a cross-ice pass in the neutral zone, which I'm like, wow, Duncan Keith made that pass? And Kajula just grabbed it quickly up to Cousins. It's in the net. And uh, all of a sudden, you're, you're down even you're, – you're, you're, you know, the, the game's a different hockey game. So, um, yeah, their defense, I, I think, is still a little bit suspect, but they, they're a darn good team. A guy like – look at a guy like Nugent Hopkins. Mm-hmm. He had two assists in that game. He he leads the NHL in assists with seventeen, but he hasn't scored a goal yet. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> he has no goals in seventeen. He's going for the Getzlaff. Uh, he's going for the Getzlaff stat line. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, you know, as long as you're you're making plays, it doesn't matter whether you score or set them up or what it matters. But uh, it just is such a weird stat. But it is something that you know is good for the Oilers and just another weapon that they have that uh, you have to pay attention to. But for me. The opening face-off was the most interesting part. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, hmm, that's interesting. Dylan Cousins yeah. is going to go head-to-head against Connor McDavid. That's an interesting choice. Talked after the game to Granado, and I, I just like the way he does things yeah, because it's different from other coaches. His explanation was, and I, I liked it, was he goes, I was going over film with Dylan, going over clips, and when we were done, I asked him, "What what do you what would you think about uh, going head to head against McDavid?" And he goes, "I watched his body language. It's almost like he didn't even listen to his answer because, mm-hmm. of course, he's going to say yes." He said, "I watched his body language. He goes, I knew right then he was the guy to do it." He goes, uh, "He goes, has body language been different? He would not have gotten the assignment." 
And I'm like, wow, when was the last time you heard that from a coach? (laughs) Never. (laughs) A thoughtful answer, right? I mean. Yeah. And and so that's interested me right away. And then in, in the first or second shift, Cousins was the guy that split the defense and had an opportunity, right. not McDavid. And McDavid was basically five on five, a no show until maybe his last three or four shifts. His last shift, I think, lasted from like the ten minute marker until the end of the yeah, game. Wild, wild. <laughs> he was out there for a while, and uh, I'm, I'm kidding, but it was he was out there for mo- for a, most of the end of the game. And that's when he he turned it on, and the Sabers needed some great saves and. Uh, you know, but it wasn't until his last two or three shifts that he even mattered five on five. And to show you how good this Edmonton team is, I tweeted out probably eleven minutes into the period the shots were three nothing Sabres. I went another couple of minutes where the Oilers didn't have a shot, and next thing I looked up with about forty seconds left and they had fourteen shots in the period. <laughs> That's how That's quickly how quickly it can happen. They can attack. Yeah, yeah. and and Paul, I, I'm I'm glad you sort of brought up Dylan Cousins because listen, I He's a guy that you hear Don Granado talk about all the time. When you hear and when you watch the ESPN Plus uh, you know, broadcasts, he's the guy that Butcher Gross and Callahan, he's, he's the guy that people zero in on when they watch the Sabres team. And it's not like it's because he leads the team in points and he's lighting the lamp every night, but he's doing the little things. And I, and I think for me, the thing that I appreciated the most yesterday is sort of him getting rewarded for doing the things that 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 his coach has been preaching to him and and it hasn't been the prettiest over the last month Paul but I will say a guy like Dylan Cousins coming through in that moment scoring two goals with only one on the season through 12 games I think says a little bit about the about the player rising up in a moment against the league's best Well, a shameless promo here we probably should have told you so you knew so you could pro it uh, we're gonna have a excuse me, we're going to have Kevin Adams on with us at 6.15 on the pregame show, Brian and I. And one of the things I'm looking forward to asking him, because before the Washington game, I thought Dylan Cousins was really struggling. I thought the Washington game, he was better. And I thought to myself, maybe when Middlestack gets back, it wouldn't hurt Cousins to go to Rochester for a bit, just to get some confidence. But then I thought about it, what is the biggest problem he has when when you watch his game, it's a twenty year old body. It's not yeah, strong yet, right? So he's easily at times pushed off the puck. That's not going to change in Rochester. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the same thing in Rochester as it is in the NHL. And there are different ways around it. You know, you can you can get a big, better base under you if you're not quite as strong in the upper body, which will help you protect pucks and things like that. So that's one of the things I'm very interested in to hear. All right, every 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 instance is different. So Paterka is in Rochester, should be. Quinn's in Rochester, should be. Krebs went to Rochester. Samuelson's in Rochester. It took forever for the organization to get Middlestat to Rochester, and it saved his career. Olison talked about how he learned the North American game by starting in Rochester. Mm-hmm. So how do you decide? Which young players? Last year, you know, when Yoki Haru really struggled, I thought they definitely should have sent him down, and they just wouldn't hear it. No, he's staying here. We want to work with him here. So I, I'd like to hear what you know, Kevin Adams, his his philosophy on, you know, how do you decide which players, young players, 
need that grooming and seasoning in Rochester and which are better off doing it in the NHL. So it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say. Yeah, certainly. And I think like another guy sort of in the same breath, Paul, is Jacob Bryson, who last year started out, I think, looking really good, like his speed was NHL caliber. But then as the season went along and he was asked to do more and more, I think some of that some of that green was exposed a little bit. Some of that 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 young inexperience was exposed. And and yesterday, I think he makes the play of the game defensively, anyways, against the best player in the world who uses and abuses defenders that are much more decorated in the NHL than Jacob Bryson. Talk a little bit and break that play down for me where he essentially neutralizes a play that you probably can flip on ESPN right now and watch McDavid perform twice last week. I mean, just splitting defenders, skating past them. And I thought Jacob Bryson was in, the, was in a great position, but used his leverage, used his speed and he's the one guy in that blue line I look at Paul and say he's sort of the he's sort of the pace setter in terms of skating ability and the guy that can really move and move with the puck. I was just impressed yesterday with his game and it's been trending that way for a couple of weeks now. Wait, I was told on Twitter 2 days ago <laughs> that he was awful. One of the worst defensemen that's ever shown up in Buffalo. And there's no way he would be in the top six of any team in the NHL other than being a punching bag. And, um, yeah, so what, what are you talking about? It's almost, Twitter, it's almost like Twitter he's a young told player, me, Paul. Yeah, Twitter told me he was awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I and, get my news from Twitter, Paul, so that, that you know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually responded to that one. Usually I ignore dumb comments like that, but I actually said, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Anyway, he played a, a, a team, or his uh, season high, 23-19 last night, so I think that shows you what yep. the coaches thought of his game. And with McDavid coming, McDavid's the fastest player in the National Hockey League, and with that comes talent. So he he had the Jets on. He was coming at full tilt. He had, he had gotten rolling. Nobody got in his way, and he was coming full tilt. And it looked for a second like he was going to get around Bryson. Mm -hmm. But no, Bryson had it. He he had the leverage on him and was able to, to you know, break up the play. And, and the Sabres got the puck and off they went. And it was like, yeah, there, there you go. Nice play. I mean, that was, you know, that was the best player in the game coming at you at top speed. And Bryson didn't flinch. He didn't blink. He was fine. It's the same thing we were talking about with Cousins. He got the job of going head-to-head -head against McDavid. He didn't blink. He didn't flinch. He was ready for it. And uh, for one game, won the battle. I'm not going to sit here and tell you Cousins is a better hockey player than Connor McDavid. <laughs> but for one game, he won the battle. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I think Bryson. And the, the interesting thing is, is he probably would not have gotten the opportunity in training camp to show his stuff as much had Samuelson not gotten hurt. I think Samuelson was ahead of him on the depth chart, in my mind, and had he not gotten hurt in the prospects tournament in the first game, blocking a shot, I think he would have gotten a lot of the time that Bryson got. So, But Bryson took advantage of it, you know, where there was an injury. So that opportunity was given to him. He got a lot of minutes in preseason, did very well with it, made the team, and hasn't looked back and uh, has done a really nice job. And... I'm looking at his number. There have been very nice. I mean, three of the last four games, 23-19, 22 and a half minutes, 20 minutes. 
You know, he's getting over 20 minutes a game now, uh, you know, where, where they're trusting him more to be out there and to be out there in key situations. Paul Hamilton here on the West Her Hotline. We're, we're uh, finishing and bearing the hatchet in last night's game because the Sabres have a quick turnaround. They play tonight against the Maple Leafs. So, uh, Paul, before we get into tonight's game, I do want to quickly touch base with you on two quick things. A, yesterday, you know, I heard in pregame you had the opportunity to speak with Aaron Dell, who will be the likely starter tonight. But but talking about the starter last night and, and, and Dustin Tokarski, who, again, puts together a 33-save performance, and he finally gets a little bit of offense in front of him, three goals. Um, and I just wonder overall what you thought of his performance. And and particularly for me, Paul, I think about his first start of the year where he really looked shaky. Um, I think he has cleaned some things up. He looks, just from a, a pure confidence level and, and body language perspective, he looks like a different player. I'm. His first start was against Arizona. Uh, he uh, made twenty. Maybe I'm thinking. Well, maybe saves. I'm thinking preseason. Maybe I'm thinking preseason. He actually, yeah, that Arizona game was yeah pre preseason. He he did it. I think a lot of what you're talking about was last year, where you know he got that first win in five years, and it was going really well, and then it didn't go well. He was letting in almost uh, on a nightly basis that he started. He was letting in an easy goal. Um, he, you know, coming into the, that game, he had let in 13 goals in his last three starts. But I looked at the goals against Washington, the five goals scored on him. One was a triple deflection. One was a double deflection. He had three deflections, a screen, and then there was a, a play where Opozo gave the puck away and Wilson hadn't cleared the zone yet, so he was behind the defense. And they gave him the puck behind the defense and he, he put it in before I think Tukarski even knew what happened. So, uh, you know, he in the in the in the Detroit game, I didn't like the overtime goal at all. He st- he sat back in his crease. He gave up four in that game, and that was a game they were up three to one. Um, he was back in his crease for the goal and never came out. His butt was in the net, and really gave the shooter an angle he never should have had. Yeah, I understand that, you know, Darlene got walked on that one play and, and um, Bertuzzi wound up in alone. I always say I'd like my goaltender to bail me out there. It's not an mm-hmm. easy save. It's a breakaway, but I'd like my goaltender to bail me out there and bail out Darlene and his defensive partner who didn't help him. And, um, you, you know, so, you know, the the, the Detroit game would, would be one that I think might fit what you're talking about where – there were some goals in there. It, yeah, the, the Sabres didn't play well in front of him for the last little bit, the last, what, six minutes. They had gone almost two periods without giving up a scoring chance uh, before that the roof fell in on them, and then you know they wound up giving up the three goals and losing the game in overtime. But that, that would be a game that I'd say, eh, I, I'd like to see better on my goaltender. Paul, uh, lastly for tonight, a quick turnaround, obviously, for the Sabres team. Talking about Aaron Dell, likely in goal tonight for the Sabres. What are you looking for in another matchup of a really talented offensive hockey team coming to town tonight? And, um, you know, can, how do you, if you're the Sabres, avoid maybe the letdown after, I think, putting together a really strong performance yesterday? Well, you don't have... Um... You don't have the excuse of back-to-back as both teams went back-to-back. Toronto got an overtime win at home 
uh, last night. So they also played. You caught the Oilers in a back-to-back, which was nice. They had been in Boston. And that showed, beaten. by the way, Paul. That showed at, yeah. at times yesterday. Yeah, they had beaten Boston in Boston the night before. With it. So, uh, you, But in this game, you both are playing back-to-back, so you both are at the same situation. You probably are going to have backup goalies by both teams, you know, in, in this one, in, in Dell. Dell didn't show well in the preseason, and uh, he's been down in Rochester, and as he told me, he got a two or three games down in Rochester. He knew there were some things that he needed to go down there and work on, which he said he had. So it'll be a fresh experience. What you worry about is you want to make sure that, um, you know, and and he agreed that you don't do too much. And he's an older guy. He's 32. He's been around. But, you know, he wants to show the Sabres they can count on him. Right. So you don't want to get in net and try to be more than you are. You you just got to go in there and be yourself and and play the game. And, and, you know, you've got some great talent coming at you with the Leafs. So it'll be interesting if he gets in goal. The way that um, Granato put it was, Tukarski will start on Friday. You guys are probably on the right track thinking that, you, you know, they'll both play, Tukarski and Dell. But he says, we will evaluate it after the game. So what is that evaluation? Now, Tukarski faced 35 shots against the Oilers, made some great saves along the way. He was reading those one-timers extremely well. He maybe had three, possibly four phenomenal saves coming across the crease on Dreisaitl on a couple of them. Where the, they just ha- had the one, the, they got it rid, of, rid of it right away with some one timers that he was able to make stops on. He was reading those very, very well, and made thirty five saves. The thirty five saves is, I think, what they'd be talking about and thinking about if they wanted to put him back in goal. It's not like a goal goaltender's never gone back to back like that. So the question is, how much do they trust Dell from his preseason performance to what they've seen in Rochester? And how much do they trust Tukarski after a 35-shot, 33-save game and tough game? It wasn't always easy for him. I mean, he was moving in that net. You know, how, how tough of a game was it to see if you would like to put him back in? So, you know, that's the way Granado put it. And, of course, there's no morning skate, so we won't get a chance to chat with him till about 5.30. All right, Paul, I'll be looking forward to the Kevin Adams uh, interview tonight, so uh, I'll make sure we, uh, we we bump that a few more times throughout the program. So we appreciate you, my friend. Enjoy the, the game this evening, and uh, we'll, we'll chat soon. Sounds great. Take care. Thank you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.